The distinction between leading and managing is a subject of ongoing debate. Leading is often characterized as the more glamorous job. Leaders guide, influence, and inspire their people, while managers implement ideas and get things done. But leaders who focus exclusively on coming up with big, vague ideas for others to implement can become disconnected from their team or organization. Avoid being a big picture leader only. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. If you desire to learn to be a better leader, this podcast is for you. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use right away. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to today's show. I know you have a lot of choices of podcasts you can listen to, and I just am honored that you're listening to this show today, and I think you will be inspired. Today's podcast is brought to you by the letter H. Now, H is an interesting letter in the word leadership. I'm doing a 10-part series, Learn to Lead, 10 Essential Skills Every New Leader Must Master. And because I'd already used up the D for another, uh, for determination, I really wanted to do uh, one of the 10 on delegation. So I decided to use the letter H for hands off. One of the 10 essential skills every new leader must master is being a good delegator, which means hands off. However, I'm going to qualify that. I had a great guy, Don, who worked for me for a number of years, a chief financial officer, and and uh, we had a new uh, leadership uh, team member join the team. And, and I heard this story later that the new guy asked Don, so what's it like to work with uh, Hans? And, and Don said, well, you know, the best thing about Hans is he gives us so much freedom to do our job. He does not micromanage us. Well, what's the worst thing about working with Hans? He gives us so much freedom. I do believe in hands-off delegation, but with a caveat. You cannot do leadership delegation out of sight, out of mind. So today, today's podcast is brought to you by the letter H for hands-off. Here's what we'll cover in today's show. Why poor delegation is so damaging in leadership. Four questions every follower asks why a lot of leaders suck at delegation, and tips for excelling at great delegation, being hands-off but not out of sight. So I have a great free video offer for you in the middle of the show. I want to tell you about something that I think can really help you be better organized. And then I want to leave you with 10 great action points related to how to be a killer good delegator. So we're part. Uh, we're in the middle of a 10-part series, Learn to Lead, 10 Essential Skills Every New Leader Must Master. And again, thank you for being uh, a listener today. I know you have a lot of choices, and I'm thankful you're listening to me, to the Leadership Answer Man. If you've missed the previous shows in this series, if you're one of my new listeners, hey, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. You may want to go back. I'm just going to run real quickly through the letters of leadership we've covered so far. L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H. We are almost home. After this podcast, we'll have two more in this series. L stands for listen and learn. E is for emotional intelligence, EQ. A is for accessibility and vulnerability. The D is for determination. 
The E is for effective communication. The R is for resilience. Last week, I did the letter S for a servant spirit, what it means to be a servant leader. And then H today for hands off. And again, today's podcast is brought to you by the letter H, hands off. First of all, why poor delegation is so damaging in leadership. Delegation is really an issue of respect and how much we respect those who are, quote, under us on our team. With responsibility comes authority to do a job. If you respect people, you'll give them the authority with the responsibility. Even if you have difficulty respecting the people you work with, you can still set a good example for them by being respectful and helping them grow in their responsibilities in their job. When I ask people, uh, audiences all the time, raise your hand if you've worked under a terrible boss. So many people, 90% of the people raise their hand and said, count me in. They roll their eyes and I can get the feel for some of the pain they've been under. And if I dig down into what was it about that boss that was so annoying or disturbing, hurtful, demotivating, it's often poor delegation. Ronald Reagan was a master delegator. He had a little plaque on his desk, and here's what the plaque said. It's amazing what a man or a woman can accomplish in life if they don't care who gets the credit. He was accused of being lazy because he didn't come in real early to the office, to the Oval Office, and he, in the evenings he went and hung out with Nancy in the private quarters of the White House. He was not lazy. He was a good delegator. He surrounded himself with great people, and he gave them authority with responsibility. Now, let me tell you, here's why I love delegation so much. First of all, it develops people. It mentors others. If you care about developing and mentoring people, Learn to delegate, because that's what delegation's all about. You develop people, you mentor people, you tap into the collective genius of the team. It builds a strong team. It spreads the load of work. It empowers others to contribute. And it's all about we, not just about me, which I hammered home in the last podcast on a servant spirit. General George Patton said, never tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do, and they will surprise you with their ingenuity. He was a great delegator. Here's something else he said. If everyone is thinking alike, someone isn't thinking. Love that. And D.L. Moody, founder of the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, he said, I'd rather get 10 men to do the job than to do the job of 10 men. Now, he has not he wasn't alive in our lifetime, but I, I bet he was a good delegator based on that quote. Delegate. It's a powerful thing to develop the people under you. Well, secondly, I want to cover the question, the four questions every follower asks. And if you're a regular listener to my stuff or you read my books, you know that this is a common mantra that I use. It's one of those things. You know how certain things you learn in life, you just refer to over and over again. They're simple, enduring lessons. They're axioms. They're enduring life principles. I first heard this probably 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago. And to, to this day, I use it as one of the most simple, important ways to communicate 
Delegation. It's so simple. The four questions every follower asks. What am I supposed to do? Will you let me do it? Will you help me when I need it? And will you let me know how I'm doing? I want to unpack those four questions just a little bit. Four questions every follower asks. What am I supposed to do? And this is clear instructions and expectations. Just just like General George Patton said, don't p- tell people how to do things. Tell them what you need done and then let them surprise you with their ingenuity. Secondly, will, will you let me do it? Will I get the authority with the responsibility or will you micromanage me? Will you trust me? People want to be given the responsibility, you know, clearly tell them what needs to be done. Let's use an example. I need a website and here's the parameters. That's what you're supposed to do. You're going to develop our new website or you're going to change our financial system. And here's the parameters of what we need as the outcome. The second question is, are you going to let me do it? Am I going to have some freedom to put my own personality, my own imprint into this. People are so motivated if they have ownership of the project. The next question, will you help me when I need it? This is where mentoring and coaching come in. Be available as a resource, not a control freak. Will you help me when I need it? You do need to be available when they need you. And number four, so important, will you let me know how I'm doing? This is about feedback and check-ins, very important. And when the guys that worked for me said, I give them too much freedom, I think I was always available, but I didn't have enough check-in points and feedback points along the way. I've told the story before about a friend of mine who worked on this huge project. Uh, I wasn't the boss. We were both working for this guy, and he worked on a project for months for his boss. And when he finally presented his this huge project, like report about how to solve a big problem that we had, uh, the boss said, oh, you know, we decided to go in another direction months ago. Whoa, what happened there? Well, there was a huge breakdown on both the leader and the follower, but the follower should have had check-ins. The leader should have demanded, insisted, let's have regular check-ins along the way. Don't do the entire job from start to finish and then present it to your boss. You've got to have check-ins and feedback along the way. That's why it's important to ask that question, will you let me know how I'm doing? Am I on the right track with this website? Am I on the right track with this new financial system? Or am I going way out in the wrong direction? So let's uh, just summarize those questions again. Can you repeat them after me? Can you repeat them without me telling you? What am I supposed to do? Will you let me do it? Will you help me when I need it? And will you let me know how I'm doing? The three signs of a lousy job. Number one, I'm invisible. Nobody sees me. Number two, I'm insignificant. I'm not making any difference. And number three, I'm an island. I get no feedback. Good delegation makes people think they have a great job and a great boss. Actually, I have two of my sons that in the last few months have told me pretty tough stories about horrible delegation in their offices where they were blindsided by extremely poor delegation. In both cases, they are responsible for marketing in the company. And in both cases, the boss came to them out of the blue. In one case, 
the boss hired an outside marketing consultant firm without even telling my son who's in charge of the marketing for the company. In the other case, again, my son is in charge of the marketing for that company. And out of the blue, the boss said, oh, I hired a video company to produce a new video to help us market. My son had no input in not only hiring the company or knowing that this was happening, choosing the people, nor the scope of the project. It was like presented as a done deal. In both of those cases, what happens? How do you feel when this happens to you? When all of a sudden, out of the blue, you realize you don't have the authority. You've been given a responsibility. But all of a sudden, your boss or the people above you go in a completely different direction, and they haven't brought you in the loop. They haven't consulted with you, considered you. It makes you feel frustrated, mad, unimportant, hopeless, depressed, resigned, and demotivated. You know how to avoid doing that to people? Learn to be a great delegator. Today, as we take a quick break in this podcast, I want to tell you about some of my favorite apps. People tell me all the time, they ask me about productivity and what are my favorite apps that I live by. I want to just give you three, Wonderlist, TripIt, and Evernote. Wonderlist, created by Germans who are the masters of lists. My family, we use it to share, I mean, I use it for all kinds of important lists. It's a list a list-keeping masterpiece. Of course, it synchronizes constantly across all platforms, whether you're a PC or Android or iPhone or Mac or iPad. You can have it on all your devices, and all the devices synchronize with the, the hub of the wheel, and you don't have to keep pushing buttons to make it synchronize. So Wonderlist is great, great stuff for, for keeping lists. Number two, TripIt. If you travel a lot, this is a must. TripIt is an app that, again, runs on all your devices and synchronizes, keeps up with all your flights, with all your hotels, with your rental cars. And, of course, those are the three main things if you travel a lot. whenever And all you do, you get your reservation, you forward it to TripIt, and it organizes it with those trips. So you have one simple spot where you can go and see all the details of your trip. Now, Donna and I share a TripIt account, and the cool thing is, like right now, she's in Chicago on a trip. I organized everything for her, and all she has to do is look at her app. She knows about her flights. When she got there, she knew which rental car company, where to go. Of course, TripIt gives you the map right to go find the car, then where the hotel was, what hotel, booking numbers, all the details. So very cool. And then Evernote. Evernote is a personal and business organizational wizard system. I use it for everything from lists of people to vacation planning to message preparation to outlines to the oil and tire rotation for our cars. Uh, for everything I do, I organize in Evernote. I can't even begin to tell you uh, how amazing it is as a personal organizer system. Uh, you can you can be taking notes on a lecture and you want to take a picture of the screen and it can be popped right into the notes. I've been using it for four years. I got Donna turned onto it. She loves it. So I had some free Evernote training. I did a one-hour Evernote training video not long ago. 
So whether you're new to Evernote or you want to check it out or you're one of those frustrated users that actually got it but you don't understand it, go to hansfinzel.com backslash Evernote and you can see my YouTube uh, seminar training, a one-hour training that really is a great explanation of the power of Evernote. Okay, I just thought I'd let you know about those three apps that I just really live by. I also want to remind you, would you please uh, engage with me and give me some ideas about pain points and about frustrations you're having with your own leadership or the people that lead you. I'm looking for some good fodder for future shows so that I can scratch you where you itch and I can address your pain points. Just go to hanspinzel.com backslash engage. Give me that information. If you want a free audio book, I still have some audio books to give away if you go to that page and fill that out. Thanks so much. The third thing I want to cover today is uh, why a lot of leaders suck at delegation. If you have people reporting to you, what kind of a report card would they give you on a scale of 1 to 10? How good of a delegator are you really? There are, there are seven big reasons why leaders don't delegate well. And I just want to unpack those for you real quickly. You know, one of my principles is if you do what comes natural, you won't be a great leader. And I don't think that good delegation comes naturally. You really have to learn good delegation. And the part four of this podcast coming up in just a moment are tips for its excelling in, in delegation. But first, I want to just underline why so many people have such a hard time with this. Number one, fear of losing authority. And that's a big thing because there are a lot of leaders who want to control and they want to keep the cards close to their chest and they don't want to distribute authority. They're afraid. Uh, here's the fear. Number two, fear of work being done poorly. And, you know, the more gifted you are as a leader, the harder it is to delegate. The more things you can do well, the harder it is to delegate. The hardest thing to delegate are things you do so well. So... Let me just reiterate, number one, fear of losing authority. Number two, fear of work being done poorly. Number three, fear of work being done better. Now, there's an insecure leader. They might show me up if I let them do it because they might do it better than me. And guess what? Hello, McFly, is anybody in there? It's fine if they do it better than you. You know, great leaders surround themselves with great people that do all the bits and pieces better than the leader does. The leader is the coach that just pulls them all together. It's like the coach of, of a football team. The coach can't do all the stuff the players can do, but that's okay. Number four, unwillingness to take the necessary time. That's, that's a big reason why people fail to delegate. It takes longer to delegate than often to do it yourself. I'm just going to cut to the chase. I don't have time. You know, if, if I delegate this, I'm going to have to pay attention. I'm going to have to answer those four questions every follower asks, and I'm going to have to be available. I'm going to have to coach them and mentor them. Well, if you take the long view that you want to develop people around you to build a powerful team, then uh, you need to invest the time. But that's that's the fourth reason why a lot of leaders suck at delegation, unwillingness to take the time. Number five, fear of depending on others. 
This is huge for leaders that are rabidly independent, self-made people. You know, they built this thing from scratch. They pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. It's their company or their ministry or their thing. And all of a sudden, they're going to distribute. They're going to let other people raise their children. Are you kidding? (laughs) Fear of depending on others. I don't want to depend on other people. Hey, you have to learn to depend on other people if you want a high-functioning, powerful team. Number six, lack of leadership training and positive delegation experience. Again, we tend to lead as we were led. And if you've never been led well in a positive delegation experience, you will not have uh, maybe the knowledge of how to do it. And you got to learn. And thank you for listening to this podcast because that's what we're doing. We're teaching about how to be a great delegator. And finally, number seven, the reason why people don't like to delegate, why a lot of leaders suck at delegation, fear of losing value in the organization. You know, I find that <laughs> I was just talking to a group of leaders this Saturday morning down in Orlando, and, and one of the points I was making with them was, you know, if if you go on vacation and the place falls apart without you, you're a very poor leader. I was hammering away at them about burnout and about how to resist burnout and how to avoid burnout and how to guard your heart in the grind of leadership. And, and one of my big things is you got to take your vacations that are allotted to you. If you're afraid, uh, if you go away, things will fall apart. You have not been a good leader. So if you if you are a good leader, then you should be able to take your vacations. But some people fear losing value. If if everybody does everything so well, what am I needed for? You know, that's I just think that's that's kind of a silly attitude to take because the leader is the coach. The leader is making sure that team plays well and that all their gifts are maximized and that they are empowered to each play their role on the team. And there's a huge value for the coach, even though the coach is not playing the game on the field. Well, I think every leader has at least some of these hang-ups. And growing and learning how to get past them is essential for improving your delegation, which is key to being a growing leader. That's why I say that one of the essential skills every new leader must master is how to be a good hands-off delegator. Well, finally, number four, tips for excelling at great delegation. Being hands-off, but not out of sight. Theodore Roosevelt said the best executive is the one who has the sense enough to pick good men and women to do what he wants done and self-restraint enough to keep from meddling with them while they do it. My basic rule on delegation is the one who has the responsibility should be allowed to control the design and execution. Illustration of needing a new website, as I mentioned. You know, I I give the assignment for the website or hiring new staff or, or developing a financial system or starting some kind of a new program. You set out the parameters and then you give them the authority and give them the freedom to design it. And don't try to micromanage every piece. Unless you're building an airplane or teaching somebody how to do brain surgery, they don't have to do it your way. The basic rule of thumb is when a person is delegated a job to do, they should be allowed to choose how to do the job as much as possible. 
It's okay to check on their work, but we should not be looking over their shoulder constantly making sure that they do it the way we would do it, or, but employing a strategy of checkpoints and follow-up. The important thing in good delegation is that the job gets done and that the person who it was delegated to, it does not go too far afield. And if you let them know how they're doing along the way with checkpoints, then they won't go too far afield. The author, John Ortberg, says, I don't have a problem with delegation. I love to delegate. (laughs) I'm either lazy enough or busy enough or trusting enough or congenial enough that the notion of leaving tasks in someone else's lap doesn't just sound wise to me, it sounds attractive. All these notes are on my website at hanspenzel.com, and this is podcast number 70, so if you want to find the notes, you can just go to hanspenzel.com backslash 70, and I have all these great quotes and notes. Okay, finally, last thing I want to do is give you 10 key ingredients for hands-off delegation. And here is the um, quote that I began uh, the show with, and I want to finish the rest of the quote that I started in the teaser at the beginning of the show. Because, again, this was my problem. I gave too much freedom, and I had to learn the balance to come back that I had to be both the leader and the manager. Leading and managing are both keys to effective leadership. And every person who's in leadership has to do both. Did you know that? You can't say to yourself, well, I'm a leader, I never manage. Or if I'm a manager, I never lead. We do both. The distinction, uh, this is from Robert Sutton, by the way, from Harvard Business Review, who did extensive research on effective leadership. He said, the distinction between leading and managing is a subject of ongoing debate. Leading is often characterized as the more glamorous job. Leaders guide, influence, and inspire their people, while managers implement ideas and get things done. But leaders who focus exclusively on coming up with big, vague ideas for others to implement can become disconnected from their team or organization. Avoid being a big-picture-only leader. Make decisions and develop strategies that take into account the real-world constraints of cost and time. Stay involved with the details of implementation. Sure, it's easier to come up with ideas and tell others to make them so, but you also need to roll up your sleeves and understand what it takes to make those ideas a reality. Okay, want to finish this up with 10 great tips on how to be a great hands-off delegator. Number one, have a vision to develop people under you by great supervision and by learning how to delegate really well. Have a vision to develop people. That's what delegation does. Number two, exhibit confidence in their work. And this will grow with time as their work gets better. Have faith in them. If it doesn't get better, you might need to find somebody else. Number three, make their duties clear. Be clear about your expectations so they don't go off track. Number four, delegate the proper authority with the responsibility. The person delegated the job should have the ownership of the job. Number five, 
don't tell them exactly how to do the work unless you're building an airliner or teaching them how to do brain surgery. Don't tell them how to do the actual work. Number six, let go of your desire to do it better yourself. The world doesn't have to revolve around the way you do things. Number seven, set up accountability points along the way. Number eight, supervise them according to their follow-through style, meaning some people need more supervision than others. And when you work with people very long, you know the people that are high maintenance and those that are low maintenance. So you have to adjust your style of supervising them according to their personality and their wiring. Some people need more checkup points and personal contact than others. Number nine, give them room to fail occasionally. Like the IBM executive that made a million-dollar mistake and came into his boss knowing he was going to be fired. And the boss said, fired? I just spent a million dollars teaching you a huge, valuable lesson. We're not going to fire you. (laughs) That's pretty wild, but that's a story that I've heard for years. Give them room to fail occasionally. Probably not with a million-dollar mistake but give people room to fail. And number 10, finally, give praise and credit for work well done. If it's not well done, don't be insincere. But when it is done well, give them a pat on the back and tell them how they did well. And that's one of the greatest ways to develop future leaders. So this podcast today is brought to you by the letter H. Learn to be a great hands-off delegator with the right amount of freedom and accountability. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.